Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to RSI Help Radio. I'm Deborah Quilter, and RSI Help Radio is dedicated to bringing you the latest news and information about repetitive strain injury. Today, we're going to talk about workers' compensation. If you are injured at work, whether you like it or not, you will become part of the workers' compensation system. A lot of people think that they don't need to go that route, and they're very surprised to hear their insurance companies start questioning their treatment bills and bouncing them over to workers' comp. So with that in mind, it's really a good idea if you have some background about how workers' compensation works in your state. To help us understand how the workers' compensation system works in New York State, we have Jordan Ziegler of Pasternak, Tilker, Ziegler, Walsh, Stanton, and Romano, a law firm with over 80 years of experience treating injured workers throughout New York State. So it's with great pleasure that I bring Jordan Ziegler onto RSI Help Radio. Welcome, Jordan. Hi, well, hi Deborah. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So we've been talking, and I think we've got a lot to cover, so let's just plunge in and have you explain how workers' compensation works. What is it? Okay, work, well, workers' compensation is both a wage replacement system and a medical benefit system for workers who are injured while at work or performing their work or as a result of uh, things they do at work. So if you're injured from work or at work or by work, in New York State, uh, we have this system called workers' compensation, and that system of insurance pays for lost time, wage replacement, and pays for your medical bills without co-pays. So who pays for this? Is it like unemployment insurance where the employee puts in a certain amount of their paycheck into this? No. Uh, Employers... Um, are required in New York State to provide workers' compensation insurance to their employees, and there are private companies that, um, like all the big insurance companies that you can think of, that uh, and one called State Insurance Fund, which is uh, spe- uh, specializes in workers' compensation. But uh, employers reach out to private insurance carriers to provide the workers' compensation coverage, and employers will pay premiums to those carriers, and the carriers will then, in turn, uh, provide the benefits to the injured worker. Some, some so, very so large, yes, oh, some le- very large um, uh, companies like Con Edison uh, in New York or municipalities can be self-insured for workers' compensation if they uh, can prove that they are a good in- self-insured carrier, so to speak, but um, everybody is required to carry workers' compensation. So if you're injured on the job, what's the first thing you should do? Uh, If you're injured on the job, there is several things you need to do, and it depends on how you get injured. Um, 
there's two general categories of how injuries occur at work. There's accidents, and then there's illnesses. Um, illnesses is basically what you deal with, uh, and I've been looking at your great website, and everything that you describe with repetitive strain injuries, uh, which is, as you say, an umbrella term for many separate ailments uh, that mm -hmm. affect all the body parts, basically, and, you know, we can, you know, you, you dig down and you have different names for these ailments, carpal tunnel syndrome, cubital tunnel syndrome, rotator cuff tendonitis, epicondylitis, thoracic outlet syndrome, anything with an itis, I like to say, because, uh, can be um, caused by things you do at work from repetitive motions over and over. So those are work-related illnesses. And then there's mm -hmm. work-related accidents. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're, slight, they're treated similarly and uh, differently uh, in the workers' compensation system. So an accident is different than RSI, where RSI takes time to develop by doing the same motion over and over and over. An accident mm -hmm. is a mm -hmm. sudden sudden event. So um, you, you lifted something off the ground and your, your shoulder popped out. That's an accident. <laughs> you fell down at work. That's an accident. Basically, I always like to tell people, if you know how, when, where, and why exactly you got hurt, you can pinpoint the time and place. You just had an accident. Uh, and if you can't, what if it's your fault, Jordan? If you're what if the fault, accident is your fault or... You know, you weren't paying attention. Do you still get mm -hmm. workers' compensation? You do. That's the part of the big trade-off uh, that actually uh, developed the workers' compensation system in the first place. So prior to workers' compensation existing, employees, um, if they got hurt at work, they were allowed to sue their employer directly for negligence claims. If their employer failed to provide a safe work um, work environment, gave them faulty equipment, um, didn't tra did not train them properly or anything of that nature, you, would you were able in a long time ago to sue your employer. Uh, employers did not like that, and um, there was a big trade-off in general. Uh, and the trade-off was no longer can a worker, an employee, sue their employer directly or a coworker if they get hurt at work. Um, in trade for that prevention that you can't, you know, you cannot sue your employer and in trade for the employer being protected from that, the workers' compensation system was developed and it's a no-fault system. So if you, if it's your own fault, speaking in plain English, if it's your own fault and you got hurt, you violated, violated a, a work rule, you did something wrong, you weren't looking where you were going, you, you just did something on your own and it was your own fault, it does not matter. You're still covered by the benefits of workers' compensation, with few exceptions, including that, you know, alcohol use and drug use. But uh, basically, though, you know, those aside, even if it's your own fault, you're covered by the benefits of workers' compensation in New York. So what, what should you actually do if you suspect that you've got repetitive strain injury or another cumulative trauma disorder? With repetitive strain injuries, the claim begins uh, and the treatment, well, the claim begins in the workers' compensation system with a health care uh, provider saying that your RSI, your repetitive strain injury, is from work. So whereas ah. some, yeah, so it's almost the backwards, like with an accident. I, actually, I'll go in reverse because an accident's easier to start with in a sense. And although there's less rules with 
with illnesses. But So if you had an accident, you fell down at work, you have to tell your employer that you got hurt. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, you have to be hurt, right? We have to start. We always start with the premise: you have to have an injury. So if you have an injury, you treat it with either an emergency room visit or a doctor. And if you have a diagnosis that your injury came from that fall, now you have a doctor or a healthcare provider telling you that your injury is work-related. You have to tell your employer that you got hurt at work in order to get into the workers' comp system. You have 30 days to tell your employer that you got hurt. So that's the very first thing you have to do. If you get hurt at work. Is there a form that you're supposed to fill out? I mean, is it telling them good enough? What if they say, he never told me? Do you have to do it in paper and pencil and, you know, formal? The law says, well, for for the initial telling, of the you know the list of the initial reporting and the initial telling to your employer that you got hurt within the first 30 days of the accident, it mm-hmm. does not have to be on a particular form designed by anybody. In fact, it can be orally. So you can tell your employer, I just fell down you know outside the uh, back of the building in the parking lot and I hurt my leg. Now. Mm-hmm. I'm a lawyer. I wear a suit and tie every day, uh, and I'm conservative, so I always tell everybody, put it in writing. Uh, send it in an email. Put it in writing. Mm-hmm. Get the form that your employer uses for uh-huh. ac- filling out accidents. But the law says that telling them is good enough, or even telling a representative that represents your employer that it's good enough. However, I always caution everybody, if you're going to tell your employer Without writing it down, make sure you have a coworker next to you, <laughs> so that uh, you both yeah. can tell who you're telling it, what time you told the person, and what you told them, just in case. Okay. Just in uh-huh. case uh, somebody has, you know, selective memory on whether you told them that you got hurt or not. Then the next procedure is once you've told your employer that you've gotten hurt, and let's say you've seen a doctor and the doctor confirms you have some injury, you then have to file a claim with the workers' comp system. Telling your employer is not filing a claim. So what you have to then do is then it's an official form. Then there's a form from the Workers' Compensation Board in New York State. It happens to be called a C3 form, but uh, the form um, is an official form that needs to be filed within two years of a date of accident, within a date of accident. You need to file this form. And I would only recommend you having an attorney or a law firm that handles workers' compensation every single day, file this form. I would not advise anybody, any layperson, to do it on their own. Uh, there's a lot of tricks and traps in it, and uh, there's no reason to not have a law firm file that form for you. And the reason why there's no reason not to have a lawyer is because you don't pay for that lawyer. Isn't that correct? Mostly correct. <laughs> Mostly correct. Mostly. You don't pay well, out of pocket. Well, yes. We, you don't pay out of pocket with the law. You don't pay out of, that work you don't in, pay out of pocket yourself. You, that's settled when you. That's set, correct. Go ahead. That's correct. Tell us how it works. Yep. Yep. That's correct. Lawyers in, in workers' compensation in New York, uh, we can't tell you exactly what our fee is, and we can't give you. Uh, uh, we can't tell you you're going to pay us a certain percentage. The workers' compensation board and judges tell us on each every and every case what our fee will be. It's typically. 10 to 15% of any money we recover for our clients. But if you don't recover any um, award, then we don't recover any fees. 
So um, you don't pay us out of pocket, and the clients don't write us checks for anything that we do. Yes. Yeah, so it's just, it's, it is. yeah. So it boils down to it's better to have an attorney, and you don't pay out of pocket. You're not supposed to pay your attorney, as I understand right. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll then, typically file those forms. Whether you know, when when a client walks in our door, we'll file those forms protectively for them if we think there's a chance that there's a case for them. Okay. And when we were talking earlier, you said something interesting. You said that RSI claims are almost always automatically denied. Can you tell a little bit more about that? Yes. So back to the accident one for a second. I hate to add. So with the accident, you know, you fell at work, someone saw you, the employer sees it or heard that it happened, you're taken away in an ambulance. It's it's basically understood or everybody knows something just happened. When it comes mm-hmm. to RSI, it's sort of the opposite of what I described before. Before I said you know how you got hurt, where you got hurt, when you got hurt, what time you got hurt, what place you got hurt. With RSI, you don't know when the uh, condition began. Um, mm-hmm. If you're a, un- for, uh, let's say you're a union worker, for example, union, um, any union worker that may have multiple uh, employers for their career. So they, if they work for 20 years as a, um, a laborer, they could have 20 different employers, you know, to the mm-hmm. extreme. So, but they're doing the same, can, they're doing the same motion every day for the same, for, for different employers. You don't know when exactly in which employer that condition began. Uh, you can't pinpoint it, but you do know all of a sudden your hand is hurting, your fingers are throbbing, your there's numbness, there's weakness, and now you want to go to a doctor. Yes. So that's how, it, you know, you, you know, that's how these things start with RSI. It finally reaches a point, but you don't know when it actually started. You can't, you can't pinpoint it. So with RSI claims in the workers' comp system, employers will always deny that it actually occurred on their job. They'll deny that you even have it. They'll deny uh, how you've got it. And typically, every you know, typically for the vast majority, if not all, RSI claims that we file on behalf of our clients, they're all basically automatically denied by the employer and the insurance company. We're used to it. Our clients aren't. They're shocked, but we're not. <laughs> that, that, that's, it's basically a standard in the industry. You file a claim for carpal tunnel syndrome from repetitive use, the claim is automatically denied. And then we have to go through the legal process to try to get the benefits and awards that you're entitled to, and which are the same, by the way, as if you had an accident. It's just um, tougher to get, tougher to prove. Um, but the only thing that's a little easier is the 30-day um, telling reporting requirement that I mentioned earlier for the accident. You know, you have to tell your employer. That's waived because we don't know when that you know, the beginning of these RSI uh, injuries began. So you don't have to tell your employer that you got hurt um, with, with the RSI. So I've heard a couple of things. One person um, said that his employer told him he didn't qualify for workers' it's compensation. And he had extremely just typical. Is it? Yeah, it's extremely typical for employers to give their opinion as to whether your RSI or your accident occurred at work or from work. Typical. The good news is 
that's just the employer, employer's opinion. It's not the actual decision in your case. The decision of whether you have had a workers' compensation-related uh, claim and, and are entitled to the benefits don't come from your employer unless they admit to it and they voluntarily say, yes, you know, this happened at work and we'll cover you. Uh, short of that, it's the workers' compensation judge and workers' compensation hearing officer and workers' compensation board overall, um, or even the New York State court system that eventually will say whether your injury is work-related or not, not your employer. Your employer can argue against you, but they are not the ones who make the final determination. So let's say the opposite thing happens. Uh, let's say you are a rising executive in a law firm, and mm-hmm. or you're in medical school, or you've got a fast-track position in business, and you don't want to raise red flags, but you're having terrible forearm problems. So you go to the doctor, he prescribes physical therapy, and then after X number of sessions, suddenly the insurance company is saying, hey, this is work-related. Have you heard of this kind of thing happening too? And what happens to people yeah. like that who definitely attribute their injury to their or their illness to their job, but they don't want to raise red flags with their employer? Mm-hmm. Also, very typical. Very typical. I do a lot of speeches around New York State to various different types of workers, and you hear that all the time. If I file my claim, they're going to fire me. If they fire my claim, they're not yeah. going to give me a promotion. Uh, and I live in the real world, and I'm sure it happens. I'm sure it happens. Uh, it is a Class E felony if your employer does terminate you as a result of your filing the workers' compensation claim in retaliation for you filing the claim. It's a Class E felony if they do that, but you also have to prove that that's why they fired you versus other situations versus you know your ability to actually do the job or um, then you get into all ADA compliant issues but that's a whole side topic <laughs> but uh, um, and, you know fact actually as, as I bring that up some would argue that actually filing a claim if you're out of work and you file a claim for workers compensation you might actually have a little bit more protection and employers may be less likely to terminate you while you're in the middle of a workers compensation claim for fear of discrimination lawsuits or ADR, you know, ADR lawsuits, uh, because they're firing you in the middle of your workers' comp claim. You know, it, go, it goes both ways. But the vast majority, when I take like random polls in big union halls, uh, you know, 600 people, I'll ask how many people have filed a comp claim, and you know, I don't know, I'll, I'll make it up. Two thirds of the room raise their hand, and I'll say, how many people? How many of you can say that your work uh, you know, you've been terminated, or it's been a, uh, your employer has retaliated specifically because of that, and maybe a hand or two goes up, maybe. And so, oh, it's, yeah, the perception is is worse, um, I think, than the reality. But it, it can happen. And then what'll happen though is if the insurance company that you're putting your claim through, non-workers' comp feels that the claim should be workers' comp, they'll deny coverage, and they'll stop paying for you for the medical care. And that, that's more typical with an accident when it's clear that you got hurt at work and you fell down and you put it through your health insurance. Those are easily red flagged by the carriers, and they'll deny coverage, and they'll tell you to go through the workers' compensation 
insurance company. With RSI, it's a little bit more subtle because in order to go through the medical care with the private insurance company, both you and your doctor have to keep saying to the outside world, this is not work-related. In fact, that's a checkbox on the insurance claim forms for the doctor's treatment. Is this work-related or not work-related? And mm-hmm. for them to bill your insurance company, they have to keep saying, no, 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 it's not work-related. Um, and until your doctor is either told by you specifically of the type of work duties you do all day long or the doctor is either been formally trained in occupational illnesses, you know, and how to, how to recognize them or just yeah. in the real, you know, in, in life you know, experiences, they know to ask the question. A lot of the doctors will just glaze over and not realize that uh, they should have asked a carpenter for 20 years what type of work he does, you know, every single day. And perhaps that's actually what's caused his epicondylitis, you know, his tennis elbow versus um, just old age. Well, that's another thorn, isn't it? Because let's say I'm injured. I know every time I touch the computer, my hands start throbbing. I, I, you know, I've got shooting pains. And I go to the doctor, and the doctor, because I know that a lot of doctors do not like to deal with workers' compensation because they spend endless hours in paperwork. And I think they also have to attend hearings, if I'm not mistaken. So it, it might be tempting for them to say, no, no, this is not work-related, when the person who is injured or ill feels very much as though it is work-related. So right. what would you do in that kind of case? Right. That's that's the problem. They're trying to run the doctors out of the system by making the paperwork so burdensome that doctors don't want to treat anymore in workers' compensation. <laughs> they do have to testify. Not in, They don't have to come down in person anymore. They, they do it on the telephone all the time. We do it you know, 10 times a day throughout all of our offices. But uh, and I, sa- I said earlier, almost every RSI claim is denied. So on almost every RSI claim, I'm going to have to have your doctor testify that it's related in his or her opinion. So it's very non-medically intensive. (laughs) You know, they do a lot of non-medical work, these doctors, and they have a lot of staff doing paperwork and setting up depositions and testimony for them other than treating you. So they will try to shy away sometimes if if they're, you know, they don't want to deal with workers' comp and try to go the easier route, which is the health insurance. But what that does to the worker is what, what the benefits that you are giving up as the worker uh, may, are greater than, you know, maybe staying with that doctor. So you probably, you might have to, if the doctor, if you believe it's work-related and the doctor mm-hmm. is giving you the brush off, you can certainly go for a second opinion, seek out doctors that are trained or specialized in occupational illnesses and diseases. Um, you know, I sit on the boards personally of both Mount Sinai and North, Northwell Health in New York. And both both of those have occupational environmental medicine departments, so you know they they know what they're doing and how to recognize claims. And if you don't go through the workers' comp system, you're giving up two things as the injured worker. A, a you're paying copays, assuming you have copays, which most of us do on our insurance. Every time mm-hmm. you see a doctor through your regular health insurance, you're paying a copay. When it's uh, a workers' compensation claim, there are no copays at all. So, A, you're mm-hmm. taking money directly out of your pocket that you don't have to. And then, B, there is compensation for RSI injuries for the extremities. Um, take away the neck, head, neck, and back. 
but let's use all, almost all the other things on your website that I'm looking at right now, <laughs> the carpal tunnel, the cubit tunnel, the rotator cuff, uh, the um, trigger Aquavane finger. Aquavane's disease. <laughs> Aquavane's disease, bicep, yes. you know, uh, tendonitis, all those extremities, arms, legs, knees, elbows, toes, fingers, eyes, and ears, all of those extremities are worth money tax-free to injured workers, even if you haven't lost a single day from work. And if you give me a second, I can tell you, I, I can talk the real, the real money, and you can see what you're giving up if you just go the easy route and uh, Please do. don't go through it. So workers' compensation in New York is based on the, the money part is based on your average weekly wage, how much you make a week, gross salary. Um, and there's a New York State maximum as how much the New York State will pay you per week on workers' comp, no matter how much you make. And right now, the most you can earn on workers' compensation a week is $844.29 to be exact. So in order to get two-thirds of your average weekly wage to get to that maximum, you really have to be making over $65,000 a year. If you're mm-hmm. making less than that number, it's just through the, your own math equation. Two-thirds of your gross average weekly wages is what you would get from workers' comp tax-free. But so, for example, and, and every body part that I mentioned, an arm, a leg, a knee, a toe, a finger, those are, they're set values. What workers' comp says those body parts are worth in New York, uh, mm-hmm. the amount of weeks. And we kind of do a little math equation based on your average weekly wage. So, for example, if, if you're making over $65,000 a year and your arm is 100% disabled, that's worth about $263,000. Okay, at 100% disabled. But most, you know, uh, epicondylitis is not 100% disabling. And so maybe it's a 10% injury that you've, you've gotten from work. So but 10% of 263000 is a $26,300 tax-free cash award to you for having that injury that was caused by work, and you're entitled to that award even if you haven't lost any time from work. And most of these claims fall off the table because no worker has any idea that they're entitled to that kind of money if they haven't lost any time from work. Interesting. So that's where it gets juicy. Um, and it's, you know, foot, oh, actually an arm, yeah, an arm is, right, a foot is a different, every, every body part, a hand is worth $206,000 at full value right now. And um, so that could be a 10% injury for a carpal tunnel syndrome, no surgery, is a $20,000 award, and you haven't had a surgery, and you haven't lost any time from work. But very typical. We settle those kind of claims every single day. So if somebody's looking mm-hmm. for an attorney, how do they uh, go about doing that? What's some good advice on finding an attorney to help you? Well, self-plugging, our, workers, our, our website is workerslaw.com. Uh, you can find us that way. But you, you can type in anything uh, in the Internet, in New York and type in workers' compensation, RSI, legal health, any combination of words you want to think about, about work-related and injuries, and slews of law firms will pop up on, online. And many people find us that way. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's an easy I mean, we, we have, I think we're up to 13 or 14 offices throughout uh, New York. So uh, we're pretty easy to find. But that's, that's basically the way to to find if you don't, or your doctors sometimes know because um, they're in the industry, they can tell you different law firms, or you can go to the Workers' Compensation Board and they'll give you a list of approved 
workers' compensation law firms. Great. So are there any final thoughts, uh, you know, any bits of advice that you have for our listeners? And, um, you know, if people want to uh, write me, you can write your questions, and there's a box on the Blog Talk Radio site where you can send an email to me. So if you have a question for Jordan Ziegler, you can just shoot it over to me, and we'll have him on again to answer your questions. Um, That would be great. In the meantime, is there anything that you'd like to to just, uh, we have a couple of minutes, tell people before we close? I think one of the things I'd just like to leave everybody with is um, probably the number one reason workers do not file workers' compensation claims is they just don't know their rights. They don't know uh, that they're entitled to file, and they don't know what benefits they're giving up by not filing it. So education is really the best way for people to learn about this. So I would leave everybody sort of with is if you get hurt at work, be aware that there is this grand system that provides medical coverage for free for anything up through surgeries. And it provides wage replacement. If you're losing time from work, you're entitled to two-thirds of your average weekly wage while you're out tax-free. And on the extremity parts, many of your RSI claims, you're entitled to benefits even if you don't lose any time from work. But the whole system is basically based around healthcare providers acknowledging that your injury is work-related. So if something happens at work, Call, call a lawyer, call a doctor, and ask them their advice on whether it is or is not work-related and if you should file a claim, rather than asking the advice of the employer, is this work-related and should I file a claim? Well, that's great advice. Well, <laughs> I want to thank you so much for coming onto this show, Jordan. You've really opened my eyes to a lot of things, and I think it's going to be a great service to our listeners. Um, I also want everybody to know that the work, uh, the website for the law firm is, say that again, workerslaw.com. Workerslaw.com. Yeah, that's where you can get a hold of uh, Jordan Ziegler. And I want to thank you all for listening to RSI Help Radio. And a big thanks to those of you who have been supporting RSI Help Radio. Your generosity makes this show possible. So um, until next time, be well. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.